Warning. This message contains foul language and serious discussions of suicide and depression. Hi, weirdos. Ashley here. No episode today because our dear Lauren was not feeling well this week. And this isn't an episode. I'm not quite sure what this is. Basically, I just wanted to send out a message. A message of understanding and a message that I hope will bring you comfort and that you can revisit anytime you need to as a reminder. If you're a regular listener of the show, you know that I suffer from anxiety and depression. This isn't because it's in vogue. It's not attention-seeking behavior. In fact, most people in my personal life don't even know that it's something I'm afflicted with. With the recent occurrences of suicides in Hollywood, um, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, personally, it has me feeling very scared for my future. Because if Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain can't beat it, then what makes me think that I can, you know? Because if Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, two people who have everything that I tell myself I need before I can be totally mentally healthy, financial security, a career, success, a path in life, etc., etc., if they still kill themselves to escape their depression, what hope does that offer me for my future, I realize this kind of sounds like I'm about to like have like a like it gets better like don't be afraid to reach out like I kind of am that is kind of what I'm doing hold on let me add some like uplifting background music there oh perfect <laughs> it is kind of what I'm doing but like but this is real talk I'm, I'm sharing I'm bearing a part of my soul I'm sharing my experience um, in the hopes that someone that's that, you know that's listening knows that they aren't alone I think that's the biggest part about um, suicides uh, the most dangerous thing um, for a person who's suffering from depression when it comes to suicide is that feeling of of um of being alone. Okay, enough of this music. This is ridiculous. If anything good comes from these wealthy, famous, world-renowned, loved people committing suicide because of their depression, it's at least showing people with depression that they aren't alone, that money doesn't make it better always, that... Um, you know, that uh, fame isn't everything, that fame doesn't solve your problems, that traveling the world isn't all this cracked up to be, you know, that that it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of not. It's a little bit comforting. I mean, it's scary as hell. It's the worst. I don't like thinking about it, but it is a little bit like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe it's not about money. Maybe it's about human connection and not everyone has human connection. It's really hard to have human connection when you're depressed. Because sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you have to shut it off. You have to shut off your self. You have to shut off your feelings. You have to shut off your communication. And it's very hard to communicate and connect with another human being when you literally have to shut off 
so that you don't feel depressed. Um, a major part of my anxiety and a lot of people's anxiety disorders is future fears. Not just the big picture, what am I doing with my life, although that is definitely something that affects me on a daily basis. But questions like, will I be financially secure? How bad will the economy be? Is there going to be any social security left? Will I ever be able to afford a kid? Will I even be able to have kids? Will I end up on the street if I'm too old to work and don't have enough saved for retirement and never made enough money for a kid to grow up and take care of me? These thoughts are normal thoughts. I'm sure every single person who's ever existed has had them. The difference is, for a person with anxiety, an anxiety disorder, these thoughts are obsessive. They they keep me awake at night. They wake me up in the middle of the night. Um, they distract me from work. They put me in bed for hours in a fetal position, alternating from crying to being angry to being scared to feeling nothing. And the feeling nothing is the worst, um, but it's my body's defense system. If I feel nothing, I can't feel the fear and the pain. But then I'm numb, and then I can't get out, out of bed because because what's the fucking point? Like, why get up? I have no interest in doing anything. I won't find pleasure in doing anything, not until this passes. So why get up? So I can make other people's lives miserable with my presence? Like, bed is safe. Asleep is comfortable. If I could only just sleep and wake up when it's over. Now you could see the appeal of suicide. And then people tell me, you just need to exercise, or you need to eat better, or you just need to be grateful for what you have. Let me tell you, these are the worst things you can say to someone with diagnosed anxiety and depression, and I will tell you why. One, I exercise five to six days a week. I alternate from 30 to 40 minutes of cardio one day to 30 to 60 minutes of yoga the next. I walk everywhere. I take the stairs. I do yoga at my desk at work Daily, I get up and walk around once an hour. I still suffer from anxiety and depression. Number two, I eat healthy. I'm a vegetarian. I take vitamins. I try to only eat clean foods. I barely snack on junk. I don't eat candy. I don't drink soda. I drink more than eight cups of water a day. I still suffer from anxiety and depression. And number three, I am so grateful for what I have. I constantly remind myself that I am so lucky to have a family that loves me, that's going to take care of me in every possible way for as long as they live. I have Joe, who is my companion for life for as long as he'll have me, who, in the sweetest way possible, asks me if I have the blues today when I'm going through an episode of depression. I have the best friends seriously like the best I mean you've heard the show I have the funniest smartest kindest most interesting friends and they come from every walk of my life grade school high school college every job I've ever had I have the absolute best friends I have a roof over my head I have warm clothes I have money in the bank I have a balcony I have wonderful pets I have fucking sushi in my belly from lunch I have all the LaCroix I could ever want I still suffer from anxiety and depression now, do you know how broken that makes me feel when you say all you have to do is X, Y, Z and I do those things and it doesn't take away my disease? T 
too many people will tell you it's all in your head and technically they're right but not in the way that they think no one no one in the entire world who has never suffered from depression or anxiety can even imagine how you feel if if they haven't actually suffered from depression they think that depression is sadness and that you can endorphin your way out of it or distract yourself from it and it passes but that's not the case depression is sometimes sadness sometimes anger sometimes literal physical pain sometimes fatigue sometimes confusion sometimes frustration sometimes it's hopelessness sometimes it's absolute nothing nothingness it makes you feel sad sure it also makes you feel dumb and useless like you're a burden like you're in the way like you're holding people back like you're a disappointment like you can't do anything right and you can get endorphins to flood your body and feel good but it fades like you can't always have endorphins you can exercise orgasm eat drink or fuck the pain away but it comes back and sometimes after your happiest moments you have the deepest pitfalls Sometimes when the endorphins run out, that's when you're in the deepest depression and in the most danger. It is all in your head. Um, It's chemicals in your brain. And it's not as simple as having too much or too little of a chemical. That's why... That's why pills don't always fix the problem. And that's why certain pills help certain people. And the same pills do nothing for others. Many chemicals are involved working both inside and outside nerve cells. There are millions and probably billions of chemical reactions that make up the system that are responsible for your mood, your perceptions, and how you experience life. Nerve cell growth and the functioning of nerve circuits, which can be completely hereditary, by the way, have a major impact on depression. So from the size of your hippocampus to the communication of your nerve cells, to the levels of serotonin your body produces, your disease has very little to do with how much you bullet journal the things that you're grateful for or the amount that you exercise. The severity of your disease can certainly be affected by these things, but they are not the cause. And that's important for you to remember. And that's important for the many fucking idiots of the world who say that depression isn't real. That's important for them to be taught. The next time someone tells you, You should take up running to cure your depression. You should show them the Harvard Medical Journal, um, their 2009 study on depression and what causes it. And then ask them if they went to Harvard and studied medicine. And when they say no, you can stomp on their toes and you can run away. And then you've got your endorphins for the day. So congratulations. People who say that depression isn't real are assholes. They don't have... They don't have empathy. They are probably Republicans. (laughs) That was a joke. But seriously, they have no idea how to put themselves in the shoes of another person. They don't have they don't have the intelligence to think just because I haven't experienced it doesn't mean that it isn't real. It's not real. It's chemicals in your brain. It's the size of your glands. It's your body's production of this, that, and the other. That becomes a daily mantra for me. And sometimes it's comforting. 
sometimes when you're you know when you're in the middle of something fun and you get that pang of despair and the anxiety starts to rise that hopeless feeling and you could tell yourself hey it's not real your brain chemicals are fucked up and you feel better and you can go about your day and continue having fun but um but other times when when you're really in the shit of it like when the doctor told me in April that I have a growth on my cervix and then I found out that my great job doesn't offer a 401k and my low estrogen birth control pill that doesn't conflict with my antidepressants was discontinued and the new birth control makes me gain 10 pounds in less than a month and f- removing the growth in my cervix can ruin my chance of having children in the future and I'm feeling completely depleted and hopeless and exhausted and frustrated and defeated. I'm not sleeping. Exercising, it's hard. I have no energy. And then I try and tell myself that I feel this way because of the chemicals in my brain and it makes it worse because I'm on the pills. I'm eating the correct foods. I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm doing the exercise. I tried therapy, so you're telling me I'm just fucking broken, that no matter how much work I put into myself and my mental health, that it all depends on the parts of my broken fucking brain? What is the point? Maybe there is no point. There's no point. And that's okay. I mean, what if there is no fucking point? It's it's way more likely that there's no point to this life then there is a point to this life. So what if this is it? You get to live for whatever time you have on this earth. You get to experience the things that you get to experience and that's it. And then you're gone. And maybe that's not it. Maybe it goes on after we die. Maybe the little girl I saw in my house growing up wasn't just a wrinkle in time. Maybe it truly was a ghost. Maybe we pass over into another plane and exist there. And maybe that plane is like heaven or like hell, depending on our state of mind when we lived this life. Maybe we are weighed. Maybe we are judged. But maybe there's nothing. So keep experiencing it. All of it. The pain and the loneliness and the emptiness and the joy and the love and the sex and the food and the drink and the new experiences and the old boring experiences and the frustration and the boredom and the love and the hate. Just keep experiencing it. What do you have to lose? Time? Your life? You're going to lose those anyway. So experience the things. And I'm not saying pack your bags and travel the world. I'm saying keep experiencing the pleasure of reading a good book or watching a good movie or eating sushi (laughs) or drinking LaCroix or walking around the place that you call home. Kiss your kids. Kiss your pets. Feel them breathing. If you can't or don't have kids, appreciate the silence. Enjoy the feeling of your favorite t-shirt or sweater. Appreciate life as much as your brain chemicals will allow you. And try not to be afraid of the future. Try as hard as you can to stay in the current moment. And keep experiencing moments. All you have are moments. 
You know how you wish you could go back to the first time a boy held your hand and get that feeling or watch a movie you love for the first time or go back to college and spend nights feeling your first dose of freedom Uh, or the feeling of getting your first apartment, your first kiss, your first cigarette, your last cigarette, the first time you threw up from drinking, the first heartbreak. You'll never have a first or a last moment again. So keep experiencing moments and if you feel like you can't experience another moment call the national suicide prevention lifeline and talk to a professional 1-800-273-8255 that's 1-800-273-8255 24 hours a day seven days a week someone is there to take your call You can tweet us, message us, email us. Your thoughts will be read. You aren't weak and you aren't weird. Well, if you're listening to this, you're probably weird, but so am I. And that's my best quality. So fuck it. You're not weak. You're not dumb. You're not stupid. You're not a burden. You're not in someone's way. And if you know someone who suffers from depression... I don't know how to tell you to help them because everyone experiences depression differently. Many people say to reach out to them, but sometimes that's not the right move. Sometimes when people reach out to me, I get embarrassed and I feel like I'm a burden, like it's work to know me. And it's not your responsibility to ensure that people don't commit suicide. Life life is hard enough only taking responsibility for your own well-being, but I will tell you. That the thing that helps me the most living through my depression is kindness. Kindness towards me goes a long way, sure, but especially kindness towards others. Living in the world today, you don't get to see a lot of it. I can't really get on Twitter. I can't really get on Facebook. Um, Instagram's okay. That's pretty fluffy. But um, I can't really get on Twitter and Facebook. I mostly just get on to post to you guys (laughs) or post some weird thing that I'm doing. But uh, I can't really scroll through. There's not a lot of good stuff going on in the world today. But witnessing someone saying something nice about someone else, seeing women supporting other women, um, seeing the LGBTQA community growing and having rights and being safe, seeing athletes making kids smile or a group of men rescuing, you know, a cow who got stuck in a well or a dog who fell in a lake or witnessing people have empathy for others saying, I don't understand what you're going through. I don't understand why you are the way that you are, but that doesn't matter because you are human and you deserve respect and understanding and care. That is one of the only things that gives me hope for my future. That is one of the only things that makes me sometimes not, you know, this isn't all the time during my episodes. That's one of the only things that makes me think I want to stick around for this or feel safe. Like I'm going to be taken care of. Um, Again, uh, the number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. So, 
I guess the message here is to just be kind. Have empathy. Keep experiencing moments. And keep it weird. <laughs>